and we are live for another episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Brent Pullman. He is the CEO of Midwest uh, Laboratories, an analytical uh, laboratory in, in the Midwest. <laughs> uh, he's joining us from Nebraska, and he's the author of this book, uh, which I have had the pleasure to read uh, just before we came on air. Uh, Leaders Look Within, Own Your Heart to Live a Life of Gratitude. Uh, well, Brent, it's, uh, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, thanks again for inviting me. And um, no, I'm excited about this. Great, great. Um, so to fill in uh, 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 for our listeners who are not familiar with the, your story, um, yeah, could you give us a little bit of, of the history yeah, of, of how you came to be, uh, to be running Midwest Laboratories and, and, and getting into leadership and ultimately writing, writing the book? Sure. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, this company, Midwest Laboratories, started in 1975 by my father. We, uh, we moved here. At that time, I was 10 years old. And um, by 15, I was working in the Bing League business through high school, through college. And then after I got done with college, my father said, um, it's time. You need to go discover your own uh, professional career. And we'll see if there's a chance that you want to come back to the business. And so mutually, we both decided, you know, at that time, it was time that, yeah, to, for me to experience my dreams. And I, and he was, that was just so, so prophetic at the time, because at the, at that time I taught for five years and I worked in the corporate world and then the call came that, Hey, do you want to come back? And I think I needed to go through that experience of working, teaching, and then working in the corporate world to say, yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what it's like to come back to the family. So in 2005, I came back. Um, I was in marketing at that time and marketing from 2005 to 2016. And then my dad and his two partners, his two partners retired. And uh, for five years, till up until COVID, uh, my father and I worked together. And um, from there, then um, my dad had health issues and he decided to, to retire. And so the last three years have been just kind of formative from a leadership standpoint. Um, quick, quick story, Midwest Laboratories, we do analytical testing in the areas of agriculture, uh, human health, and animal health. Uh, we have 280 employees in 13 buildings, and we're in the process of lowering our campus. Um, we, do le- we do sample testing on a production uh, volume uh, style. To give you uh, some what that means, um, in agriculture and soils in the fall, we'll get anywhere from 20,000 to 40,000 a day. So we'll get, do the testing and get results out in three to five days. So we do a lot of testing. On the pet food side, we get about 1,000 to 2,000 samples a day, and we get results out in five, three to five days. So that's a lot of testing. So we're mm. a production lab is what I kind of tell people. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of testing. Yeah, awesome. Um, so how's that? How? Yeah, I mean, and I, I will definitely get into the this yeah. sort of pivot point, you know, with the, the illnesses in your family and so on. But how was it working with your dad for three years? Uh, oh, you know, it was it was very interesting. Um, I think even when I first came back, I had so many ideas. But at that time, I think I was kind of told, uh, "Hey, calm down a little bit." You know, we've been running this company for a long time, and we're seeing success. Just do the marketing piece. Stay in your stay in your lane. And your time will come. 
And then I think with my dad, when his two partners left, he just kind of was like a little kid. Oh, I want to do all these things. So we did all kinds of things. We like redid a lot of labs. We were um, replacing a lot of instrumentation. So I felt like it felt like almost like the chains were off when he, he was kind of running it. And I kind of watched him observe my dad because he started this. I mean, mm. I, I wanted to be so respectful to what he was as an entrepreneur, as an owner. And it really showed me again, I wanted to find, I was trying to search what was in his heart and how did he, how did he put all this together? And what could I take from that? All right. And I could, but I could just imagine, so, so it sounds like you had a very good relationship, right? Oh. I mean, I could just imagine a lot of people working with their fathers. It might be quite fractious and a lot of tension, but. Yeah. And, and we, and again, we had a lot of different views on things. And I think that was probably part of my growing process of things that as we get in the book, things that I had to really come and really uh, search out and find and grasp on of how was I going to show up every single day? Am I going to hold on to these things that my dad kind of created or is it time to change? Is there things that I could really do um, better or that have changed basically and just mm-hmm. have changed with the time that I need to really look at myself and see who I am and what's my leadership style going to be as, as I take over here. Right. Right. And, and so when you come in, into the leadership role, right, you, you get, you, you, you get that in 2016, am I right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How is that? Like finally okay. getting your hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> well, I was, well, I was probably like a speed racer. I wanted to do everything fast. I wanted so much change. I I'm, I'm not afraid of change. Mm. but there is a way to do it correctly. And I was probably not doing it correctly. I was going probably a thousand miles an hour. And I really thought that I needed, we needed to upgrade our technology. You know, you get all the things you see and read every single day, update mm. your technology, be on the latest technology, um, bring in, bring in those people with the, the best knowledge, you know, so that they can run the ship and be those people that run the, you know, whether it's your, even the HR or the finance or the lab, Let's get to these new methods. Let's buy the latest equipment. So again, I was um, I was going full, probably uh, too fast. I was going really too fast. And then all of a sudden, what was happening there was um, all of a sudden, I through that, all of a sudden, these just silos were just happening. People were given the keys, and they were going too just as fast. They saw me going fast. They were going fast. And before you knew it, whoa, we were headed to for like a total disaster with uh, all these things just going in motion and no real purpose, no coming together, no no grounds for everything that was happening. And that's where things kind of really came to a halt, as I would say, about probably three or four years ago. And, so, you, and is this coinciding with your your physical issues? Yeah, it's part of that. I mean, I think it, through the whole process, that's, you know, even coming back, um, I think that's what I saw was even my, um, and when I came back, all these ideas I had, I really wanted to change, but I didn't know how to get that communicated correctly. And the partners were really, they were just excited because what they had built over 34 years, they were really excited that everything was growing, everything was moving, and they ran a lean and mean shop. So we had like less than 100 employees for the, for so long. And that's how they saw that the company should run. Well, when you go into a growth mode and you want to grow the company and they really wanted to keep the value of the company down. Well, when you change that and you want to grow like I did, then you're going to need people. 
And all of a sudden, I mean, I had to really wrestle with, oh my gosh, we need 10 more people here. 10 more people? I mean, that, like, you, you know, I was super reactive. I was like, I don't, I don't think we can afford 10 people. Well, we need them. And then we'd get into these disagreements. And then all of a sudden you knew, um, I think it was, it was, it was taking effect on my body. I was not taking care of myself. I was working long hours. I thought I had to be in, in the day-to-day operations. So again, all these things coming together, it was taking a toll on my body. And ultimately in 2007, for all the partnerships and all that, um, I found myself falling asleep at my desk and I went home and I told my wife, Hey, I don't think something's right with me. Walked into the hospital. They were ready to send me home. I said, I don't think something's can you please look up there and see what's going on? And sure enough, there was an artery that was 98% blocked. And that's when it told me that, you know what, I, and that I had to have a stint. I didn't have a heart attack, but it was a wake-up call. That was my first wake-up call. Like, hey, you need to change some things that you're doing. I changed some things, but I probably didn't do enough at that time. And then it really was when all these things kind of started to go 1,000 miles an hour, I thought I'd better be in better shape. So I started down that process of trying to get better personally. But then things really had to fall apart for me to really see that. Um, and when I say fall apart, they didn't, we were having some down years in revenue and sales and we were losing clients and things were just not making sense. And I was trying to get more people as more clients as clients were leaving. So I mean, it was just that chaotic time between, I would say between 2018 and 2019. And right. that's when again, I think that's where in the whole, uh, that's where I really found I needed to find out who I was. And in the book, that's when I started to really say, hey, what's in my heart? What, what, what's going, what's making sense here? How are we going to make this right? And I'm just so grateful and thankful that I have, um, again, an operations director, Dana, who really helped me kind of see that, hey, something needs to change, Brett, or um, I may be, yeah, I don't know if I can work with you either. So um, it's, it was, uh, it was at that time that I really had to take some time and just say, okay, what does leadership look like? How do I really become an effective leader here? And then that's when the process took over. And that's when we started doing some things that were really, uh, I would say amazing and getting on the right track. And then now we're, I mean, it's just amazing the, um, the results of that. And, and we'll get into that. I know as yeah. talk about this, but I really think I like how this, this discussion is going because everything was fast. It was fast and furious. It was yeah, just, yeah. for so many years. Yeah. And so even what's interesting is even after 2007, you get, you get this stent and, but, but it's not, it's, I mean, that's the way it can go. Sometimes it's like self-development, isn't it? It's like over oh, a yeah. decade later until, until you start to like really wrestle at a deeper level about what's going on for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think it's probably a good transition into the book and why, mm. the, what, you know, why did I write the book and what, what's the book all about? Well, I think at that time then I, I joined a mastermind and it really made me focus in on, on who I was. And I really wanted to be in the room with a bunch of entrepreneurs. And so I'm in this room with 150 entrepreneurs and I'm like, I'm listening to their stories. I'm like, yeah, that's me, but oh my goodness. And yeah, I, I have those things that's, that's me. That's who I am. And they were any size from, you know, zero to a hundred thousand dollars to a million and a few at 10 million. And then I'll never forget this one guy. He said, I'm out of the day to day and I don't know what to do. Well, what's this guy? You know, how does that work? 
And um, sure enough, um, my own people came to me. This would have been in 2019, 2020, about the beginning of 2020. Um, they came to me and just said, we were working on our, uh, our mission statement, our vision statement, and our core values. And they said, hey, Brett, we need you to be out of the day-to-day we're growing so fast now we need you to find us a new location but you can't do that if you're in the day-to-day and that was really hard for me but it was so because i saw all i saw was my dad in the day-to-day i think that's what was the biggest difference he worked day-to-day till he retired at the age of 80 so what i saw was hey if you're going to lead you need to be out of the day-to-day you need to trust your folks with the operations and um let them lead and let them develop their own uh, ways of doing things. And um, that's the only way it's going to be effective. If you come in, if I come in all the time and disrupt that, things aren't going to happen. There's not going to be that sense of trust. There's not going to be that sense of consistency. And by the way, people want to always know where you're going. So those were kind of the wake up calls. But the first part of the book was really what's in my heart, my entrepreneur. Why did my dad do the things that he uh, the way he did things, what he did, well, there was nothing wrong. That was just the way he saw things, how they'd be done with his partners. And again, they read effective, profitable business, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to be sustainable with the, if there was any growth, we're going to outgrow our buildings. We're going to outgrow the different methods and we need more people. We need more bodies to do the work that was, was going to happen if we grew. So I think all those things coming together really helped me search out, what do I want? Where do we want to go? And um, and who I was at the time that I was there. What do I really believe in? Yeah. And um, just having all those things, you got to do that. Every person, I think, and in some way, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, needs to find that for themselves. And like you said, it sometimes it takes a decade, sometimes it takes, but you really have to find that yourself. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I, I work with a lot of business leaders, and this is so common, right? Uh, people being able to, step out of the day-to-day and that's that's at every level right whether whether you're leading a you know a small team and you've just got to reserve part of your week for the more strategic thinking or whether yeah you're a ceo and you may have to resolve you know reserve your entire week for strategic thinking what were the challenges you faced in in stepping back stepping back well i thought that i need to understand everything about the business but what I really learned, the most valuable thing, and this is what I would tell people, uh, again, unfortunately, I have a director of operations, she, uh, Dana, and she, um, through her, every, every morning, we touch base. Hey, what's, where, what's going, what's worked out, what's been, what's the top three things today? And at the end of the day, we have a phone call and we just say, hey, how did they go? And it's amazing to me. I know more about this company today being out of the business than I did when I was in it. And that was just a huge awakening for me was that, um, just that piece of it, which is really, uh, gratifying and really just almost, why didn't I do this earlier? You know, you're, yeah, you kick yourself like, wow. But when you find that way to work with the, the people around you, um, and you value that so much, it's, it's amazing what you can do through people. But yeah, I look forward to every single day. Every morning, you know, I, I kind of get up and I know what's going on. At the end of the day, you know, big issues. I don't have to know all the details with that. And by the way, it 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 really spreads that level of trust and those core values that people come first. 
And that's where um, I think our company has really taken off. Our, it's because uh, literally that I got out of the day-to-day. I know that right. we're a better company because of that. And so it, it sounds like one of the key factors was you just having these short check-ins, which allowed you to stay oh, yeah. connected, but you're not making decisions throughout the day. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And was there anything else that helped you in stepping back? Oh, yeah. Well, I did. I, um, I had really had to get good myself. If I'm going to tell people, you know, that I care for you, I better take, I better have that something in my, my own self. So I did. I got into a habit of a, a daily routine. And so every morning I get up, I get outside, I go do some type of physical activity. And I actually am stronger and I'm better because you got to bring, I, I want to bring my A game every single day. Yeah. And mentally, and I, I, I got to get enough sleep. I can't be out. I mean, um, I wear one of these. I don't know if you're familiar with the whoops. I measure, I measure my energy every single day. So I know where my heart rate, uh, my HRV is. And it yeah, really tell helps us more me. about that. I found that fascinating in the book. I had not yeah. come, I mean, I think I'd heard the term heart rate variability. Oh. I didn't know what it mean. I didn't know its significance. Yeah. I didn't know you could have something that monitored it. Yeah. So d- just pause on that. Tell us about so HRV. So heart rate variability, it's the, it's the variability in each heartbeat. Uh, heartbeat. And um, the when I, uh, it's a measure that really tracks your whole mental, physical, and uh, spiritual uh, that I found that really works the best. And a, uh, a guy introduced this to, to me and, and what it does is for me, and I, I didn't realize, first off, my sleep was awful. I was probably getting, I was used to four hours of sleep a, day, a night, wasn't getting quality sleep. And so that was one thing I needed to work on. When I started, my HRP was five, five to 10. Uh, normal for a, uh, in the 50 year old is probably 40 to 50. I thought right. the first month, when I was at five to 10 is because I was putting so much stress on myself and I was not taking care of myself. And so again, as you get, um, better, stronger, um, and mentally and get more sleep that those numbers go up. I think I've had a high, I think my highest has ever been was at 142 and my, um, now I'm typically in the forties, fifties when occasionally I'll get a hundred, but I never knew what controlled that, but it's, it's a mindfulness. It's a, um, it's breathing. It's really just getting the blood flowing. Uh, working out. I did not know, even working out, I didn't realize my body over time was just like shutting down. Like I could not feel even on my left leg, right leg, just things, simple things like that. So over the last five years, I've worked to get all the muscles, all the tendons, everything moving. And it's amazing the energy that that can bring. Uh, I feel so much better now than I ever did 10, 15 years ago. And wow. so- all those things together. And again, the, the whoop just helps me manage if it's low, then I know myself. And when you said with, you know, with your dad or when I first came, I was highly reactive, super reactive. So if someone would say something, I'd react back. Today, I'm, I've gone from reactivity to more relationship oriented. So if someone says something like, hey, I think everybody in the company should uh, get a 30% in, uh, pay increase or something like that, I'll, I'll take a deep breath. I'll just say, Okay. And then someone will look at me, are you okay? I was like, just a little uncomfortable, but let's, let's talk about that. I can slow down, you know? And then, and when you say words, and that's where I, even in the mastermind, I learned to do things like say, uh, every day I write down what I was uncomfortable with the day before. And that's right. really, 
just help me just put it down on paper and say, hey, I'm uncomfortable about this, but is this something really pressing? Or is this something that could wait? Is the, do I need to talk about this? Do I need to spend any time on it? By writing it down, the power in that is that you're not, it's not, you're not carrying it. I'm not, yeah. because I don't know about you, but I used to, probably most of my career, I could not chop my brain out. Mm. I'd go to bed and then my thoughts were just, I just had a hard time shutting myself off. Today, I know I have to shut myself off about an hour before I go to sleep if I'm going to get good sleep. So I don't spend any time in front of the TV. I try not to an hour before I go to go to sleep. So certain things like that, that really um, just help you. I can't be a better person. And so when you're out there, if I, I step out of the office and I look at people, there's an awareness right away. You know, I want to be aware of what's happening around me. I want to see if people, because they're watching you. If you show that any emotion that you're negative, if I come out of this office and I'm negative, uh, I mean, they're going to see it. They're absolutely going to see that the boss is negative and it's going to make them totally uncomfortable. And um, so I learned a lot. And then when we were all wearing masks, I couldn't tell anybody's reaction. I couldn't tell anybody. That was really, that was crazy times. And then once the mask came off again, people, they really, people do um, gravitate towards people. That's what I've just really learned. And um, I think it's so huge. So yeah, that personal, just really taking, owning yourself first is really critical. I think if you're going to really be an effective leader. Yeah. And I found that fascinating in the book that you found that through wearing this HRV, you got this greater, greater awareness, consciousness around your own energy levels. And then you were able to spot it in others, right? Ah, I could see that person's a bit off, their yes. energy's a bit low, right? That, sad, that sounded like a, a, another gift you got from... Oh, from just this this simple device. Yeah, it is. It is. I used to laugh at people when they say they could feel the energy in the room. You've heard people make those comments, but you can literally, I, I, I totally believe that you can walk in a room and like, Oh, something doesn't feel right here. I can just, I can, you really can see and feel that when you're, because you're growing your awareness and you're really more open to what, what's around you when you're totally tight, packed in, not getting enough sleep. I mean, you're just holding, you're really just holding on to yourself and you don't see it. You don't even want to see it. Mm. So your awareness level is very, very low. I, I believe that's just me, but that's really what I see. And, yeah. um, you can see it, but yeah, no, to your point. Yes. Yeah. That is a grace. And that's a huge blessing. See yeah. That, like, and, and a, and a oh. great capability in leadership, right? The being able to and tune it, into energy levels. That's, that's a gift, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so you've mentioned the morning tune tea. So you've, you've talked about journaling, what's uncomfortable for you. You mentioned yeah. the movement. Yeah. What else do you pack into your morning? I do. Routine? And in journal, I, I, I write down three wins for the day. I have to find three wins every single day. Um, what's in, uncomfortable. And then in the morning, I write an intention. When am I going to be a bit intentional? Um, and one of the things I always, if I can't think of anything, I really come back to is, um, and it's, it's huge for me and it has been huge for our employees is I want to call them by their name. Um, right. so if I, if I say Mark or Lisa, they stop, people stop and actually respond to that, yeah. especially in the hallways instead of, Hey, you, or how are things going? Or it's very p- passive, but if, when you say somebody's name, they really stop because they, it really does personalize that you're taking the time to recognize who they are in that short time. And then you're just, I, I have learned not to, I don't have to talk about work all the time. It's like, mm. how, how are you doing? How is your family? Um, 
how do you feel or how are things going? And even that connection is huge. And people can see your authenticity and they can truly show and know that you care. Um, And um, so I, I think that's, I think those things, as far as intentionality, I really work hard to that. I'm still learning. I'm still learning people's names. I'll even say, I don't know your name. I know you've been here like for years. It's driving me crazy, but tell me. I'll, I'll ask them, tell me your yeah, name. I just right. will. Yeah, yeah. No, awesome. Um, you also talked about your DNA test. You said that's how it made a big difference for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, it really highlighted for me that certain food groups, certain things, I have to really watch um, what, what I eat and what I put in my body every single day. Cause I was not, again, I was not putting good things in the, into, uh, what I was eating. I wanted to eat more natural. I tried to strive towards that, that part. Um, but yes, the DNA could really tell you where your, your reactivity, I guess, I guess okay. that's my, it's reactivity. You know, where am I going to be super reactive or, you know, if I have, if I have three Cokes, I'm probably going to be sugar levels are going to be high. I'm going to be like on a, another a planet. I used to drink like, I used to drink a six pack to 12 pack of Coke, you know, or pop a day with caffeine. Um, I don't even drink coffee anymore. I drink ice, iced tea. I drink tea. I switched right. from coffee to tea. So I literally have really cut a lot of that stuff out because I was just so, I was really so into it. I wasn't drinking any water basically. And you need water above it, everything else. Right. But I can imagine this all ties in to the HRV, right? Because you're getting oh, this yeah. feedback on energy and maybe you, you have 10 Cokes and you're oh. like, oh, I can see my HRV isn't so great today. Exactly. Well, alcohol is a, is a big one on HRV. Right. I mean, it affects me. If I have, I have a limit of two drinks, but even if I have those two drinks, depending on what else is going on, I could really send my HRV down for the next day. So I have mm. really, believe it or not, I have really cut down. I have tried to cut back or I'm more, much more aware of how many drinks I have. So yeah. I'm not going to say I cut alcohol out completely, but, um, even a glass of wine, I'm really careful about, you know, ah, do I really need that? What am I, I don't need that. If I want to stay sharp, I've got, you know, uh, maybe it's three days of rub heavy meetings. You know what? I don't need to drink for yeah. the next couple of days. I really need to stay sharp and focus for this, these things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, now a theme through the, the book is your, is your faith. You're, you're Catholic. Uh, yeah. Where does, where does, where does that play into the story? Yeah. You know, I, I think it really happened with my mom who had cancer, uh, passed away. She actually, it was, uh, August 7th. So it was, uh, I just celebrated it here a couple of days ago, about, uh, six years ago, um, in 2017. And, um, she was, she cancer two or three times in her life. And, um, but she, um, when she passed away, my sister and I found uh, these books of prayers. They were just prayers that she prayed for her family, prayed for her friends, and we just been reading through those. And I, it really struck me that I wanted to be more intentional about my faith. So I said that, but I had no idea what I was saying. So through that process, um, I've tried to. Uh, I really just we. I really start praying more and developing more a stronger foundation of faith. 
And it led me to, on her birthday in November of that year, 2017, my dad and I, I didn't want my dad to be alone at the time. We went to a conference and we went to this coffee shop and on the wall in this coffee shop were the words, how can we pray for you? And I looked at my dad and I said, I think mom's trying to tell us something. And so um, I looked at my dad and I said, I think we need that at our office. So if you come into our main office doors, you will see a prayer wall uh, to the left. And anybody, employees, friends, customers can write any type of petition or request for a prayer. And there's about three or four of us, again, that always pray every single day for people who put different prayer requests out there. But again, it's so non-invasive. In our society today, how can you how can you bring some foundation of values and format, you know, into yeah. a company? And I just think it it crosses all, you know, religions. Who doesn't want to be prayed for? Who doesn't right. you've got a concern and you got you're gonna share it with somebody? I think it's very non-invasive. I think it's beautiful, honestly. And yeah. uh, so that's how I don't force my I don't force my feet on everybody. I live it, I live it, I live the values. And everyone has differences of opinion and values, especially today where we're seeing life, we're seeing that way more yeah. than ever, I think. But yeah, I think something like a prayer wall just really just emphasizes, hey, I care for you. Or, hey, here's a place if you need some, you know, you need some help. Because a lot of people don't know how to ask for help either. You know, yeah. write something down. And that's yeah, that, I can imagine for that, many of them, even just the act of writing that down on a post-it is going is to benefit them. Exactly. So that's yeah. how I probably, that's how I integrate um, my religious values with our people. And people see that. I mean, we have people from uh, different faiths, I- ideologies, beliefs. We run the gamut here. And, and I believe everyone, we are building such a respectful culture. And it's really yeah. about, again, putting the people first. Um, I don't think, I'll probably get stepping on our soapbox, getting on my soapbox a little bit, but we get so hung up on concepts of diversity and all inclusion and all these things. I think we're making it hard. I think it's way, way too hard. Let's just respect people for who they are yeah. and what they bring and what they come. We don't need to make this into some big gigantic program or thing that we need to sign off on. I get a little bit upset about that. Let's just respect people for who they are. And uh, yeah, that's it. Let's not go any, we don't have to go any further than that. Yeah, honor them for the, uh, the the spiritual being they are, right? At yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes uh, that makes that makes total sense. Um, the other thing that's coming through here, and I know it's it's a theme, is is vulnerability. Yeah, what's what's been your sort of relationship to vulnerability as you've been through this? <laughs> I used to hide it. I used to get, and I, I think it was part of reactivity. And I kind of said a little bit about that, but it really is the breathing. You know, being vulnerable enough to know, hey, people need to see your true self. When somebody says something, you know, if it, if it's, if I feel a little bit uncomfortable, just, I just need to say so, you know, or I just, and then if, or if, you know, if I feel like I've hurt somebody's feelings, I probably now go over the top and like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize your, your kid was outside or, or I'll, I'll just say, hey, you showed up. Is something going on. I think it's that vulnerability. You just like, and it was, this isn't you. And, um, I can see it myself. And, um, but when you're vulnerable and you can speak to your own, Hey, I've learned, you know, like gone through something similar or 
I don't feel well right now. Or you can just see you and admit to people, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling very good today. Um, just letting you know, I'll, I'll come to the meeting, but I'm not really not my best self today. And I think people yeah. appreciate that more when you're just saying the truth. Because um, b- before I, in order to get there, um, again, sometimes I was very excited about my HRP. It would be really high. I was like, oh, wow, I'm a full of energy. And then I'd get accelerated. I'd do, I'd do the exact opposite. I said, okay, let's go. Let's see. You said that. I, I, not only do I want that, I want five more things. And then they're like, what is going on with you? I was like, oh, shoot. I, I got into acceleration mode, didn't I? You know? And um, you recognize these things about yourself. I didn't, before that, I had no zero awareness. But mm. I think by having the vulnerability and saying, all right, I know I can be a better person today, or I know, um, I know these th- situations are going on, just recognizing your environment and who, where you're at and who, where people are at in their lives, even if they're going through a tough time or something, it just, um, it, it helps, it helps me relate better to other people. I would just say that. And then it starts with yourself. You've got to recognize your own weaknesses and say, Hey, you know, I don't know anything about that. Tell me more. And then they will, they'll share more about that. Um, yeah. so I think that's, I think it's a key. I think it's a strength. I think vulnerability is a muscle. It's a strength that you got to work at. And, uh, I used to think it was weak. I think a person was weak when they were too vulnerable. I don't see that anymore. I think that it's more about wanting to learn and it's really having a, a appreciation and awareness for others and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm yeah. seeing the link between the journaling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I find that in yeah. myself. I don't know if this is true for you. Right. If I journal something out and, you know, maybe it's sharing a feeling or sharing what I want to say to something or you know, whatever it might, if, if I basically rehearse it in my journal, I find it way easier then to, to share it with somebody else. I, do, yeah. do you find that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I, I do, I get past, I I could see the passion in the, in the way you were saying that with yeah. the, the writing in the journal. And yeah, I mean, there's a fuel in writing that down and just knowing that whether it's something good, whether it's something bad, that there's a power that, that you write it down and then you can go from there. You, you're like, Hey, I, I, I said it here. Now, what do I do with it? Do I yeah. move forward? Do I, do yeah. I spend any time with it? But it's there and I wrote it down and now not i've got control over it it's just like yeah. a control factor i think with it yeah and you and it's like you're building this muscle like hey if i can be vulnerable with my journal then maybe i can be a little bit more vulnerable with other people that's yeah no that's uh that, that makes sense tell me about your rubber band <laughs> yeah that you know that was a series of things that i had to go through i had a really bad negative self-talk and so um i worked with a coach on that and she said, I want you to wear this rubber band. She put it on my wrist and said, anytime you say something negative about yourself, I want you to snap yourself. Well, that first day, and write down, I had to write it down. First day, 35 things, I had 35 negative self-talk pieces. By the end of the month, I was down to one or two. That's how bad. So it took me four weeks, but I was like, wow, I was really bad. I really was really hard or negative about and it really showed me just that simple exercise of how powerful that, or how, how bad I had gotten and how low I had gotten. And, uh, but in the end, um, now I really, I stopped myself, you know, when I'm about ready to say something that, whoa, whoa, you know, write, write it down. What's, what's going on, you know, or if something feels or I get off and call on you, 
you're about, about ready to explode. It's like, okay, slow down. What's, what's, what's happening here? Let's, let's see before you react. Cause I, again, I used to be so reactive and then, then it sets spiral. It goes down, it goes down. And, um, before you know it, you just lit, you almost lit a fire that just, it's going to be hard to put out. So I before think you that you've racked up 35, oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. self-talk moments. <laughs> So 35 self talk and you've already, and you've ticked off about 35 other people too along the way. Right. So yeah, exactly. And 35 other, other negative <laughs> other talk. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I, I really like that. It's just a, so simple. Uh, yeah. yeah. But and, and, well, it, it really is. seems to be the emerging theme of this conversation, awareness, right? These, these tools yeah. and the H, oh, yeah. you know, the, 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 the journaling, the HRV monitor, the rubber band, this is all tools, techniques to raise our awareness. And then we can transform from that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, you mentioned this shift in your leadership from protection to prevention. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, I think, um, I told you all the projects and stuff like at work where we have to go faster. I've really learned, I don't like the word term slow down, but you have to bring others along the way. I don't think I realized the power of that. And the three words, and I think you've seen in the book many times too, is that people process and technology got to be in that order. People first, um, then you got to develop some processes for consistency and then technology. I know we all get excited about AI. Everyone wants AI, but we're like going back to, okay, how's that affect our people? Ooh, on HR, I don't think we're ready for something like on HR side. You know, uh, processes might be some things that could be sped up or a technology, but when you really have people first, it really changes the way, your whole dynamic and the way you think about things. Um, we're, we're redoing our whole systems here, at our laboratory information management systems. I bought one, this would have been 2018, paid over a half a million, and it was a total failure. It was going to take us probably 10 years to get out of our, it was taking, for one method, it was taking four months of program to get in one method. We have over 4,000 methods. I was like, I, that, I can't do this. So we are building our own system. So when you build your own with a company uh, uh, that we're working with, you really look inside and you say, hey, how is this going to really affect us? How, how do we, we don't care about our, and you, I think I've seen it even in our economy that I don't, competition is not my big, it used to be the big thing is your, your competitors and stuff, but now you're, you're really almost competing against yourself and, and the world they did, you really, for me, it's really, a, it's a competitive internally here. How do we make this the best system for our people? How do we make the best system for our clients? How do we make this so it's really going to work for us? I don't, I'm not worried about what the competition builds. I don't care if they get there faster. It's got to work for us because we are so unique and different than, uh, than our competition because we're going to do things differently. And yeah. that really starts with the core values. Everything starts driven from your core values. And it really does slow you down. I, I shouldn't say slow you down, but it makes you really think about what you're doing instead of like, okay, we could probably get up at speed and have this great technology, but is it really going to last or are we willing to put up with all the mistakes because we didn't think to be things true. And I think for years we did that a lot. We just put in things fast. People will learn. And then we came back and we're constantly fixing the same things over and over again. 
Yeah, and that that makes total sense. And and as you lay it out, that it, it seems crazy to be thinking about the competition because you're really thinking about them over there. That, that oh yeah, yeah, rather than your own people. Yeah, and that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, and a good example of that is we have a lab with uh, you uh, with Costco. Um, Costco had their own lab, and we said, "Hey, give us a chance." And then the, the beginning part, they just like. Um, why should we even listen to you guys? Hey, just come to our campus, see what we have. And then they, um, and through that process, we did, we actually did outdo our, their, the, the lab that they wanted to go through. But, um, I, I know it was the people it was, it was, it was myself when they met the people here, they really liked who the, the, um, all the information that was being provided by our analysts, by our supervisors, by our technical directors, they got to meet the people. And that's what sold us, sold them on right. it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, you can use this in a lot of ways, but people, if you do focus on the people first, you'll get so much farther than any process or technology. I'm so convinced of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what was it? It reminds me of the Branson quote. Somebody mentioned it on the previous podcast, right? You, yeah. you know, look after the people, they'll look after the customers, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome, Brent. Well, is there anything that we've not touched on that you would have wanted to share? I think, no. Um, I think through this process, finding my why, and, and we kind of touched around it, but my why and how is I'm a person of faith, coaches people up, and leads from the heart. And by doing, by putting those words together, I had to find that. And that was really the core thing for me and my leadership was really finding that phrase that I say mm. every single day. Oh, you say every and day? I, I say it every day. And that's who I am. That's why I get up every morning. That's why I want to bring my A game every single day because I'm excited about to come to work. I want to be around uh, people. I want to be around and see the wins every single day that we are producing here. And, um, I know there's a big responsibility. I know people are depending on this job for their families. And then the other part of that is their dreams. They have dreams. Everybody employee here has their own yeah. dreams and they should be able to get the chance, the opportunity to pursue those. If that's at work, that's fine. But they should, I'm hoping they have things outside of work that really drive them, whether it's a family, whether it's their own, uh, personal dreams. And that's where I get excited. And I didn't used to be like that, but. Again, when you when you change your whole focus and you put people first, you'll do amazing things. And our company, it, it, the growth we talked about it a little bit, but since two thousand, we um, through the pandemic, we were given PPP money and uh, from the government of two point eight million. And we never used a penny. We gave it all back to the government because we're doing so well. And I attribute that to all this coming together, um, stating our core values, living by those. And really working together and respecting each other for what the gifts that each of us brings to the table. And um, again, through that, we're continuing to work. We have our ups and downs, just like every company, but we know we can work through them. That's the, mm. the great thing. And we have that respect for people and it's building every single day. I see it every single day that just building more and more. And that's what it's all about. If you're going to make it, I think today is you've got to have, you got to have bring people aboard that sharing those same values sometimes the the culture will shake some of that stuff out but it, the negativity the the issues they rise to the top and we deal with them and then when we deal with them in an effective manner you have straight talks you, you can correct the behavior in some cases sometimes it they can't be corrected 
And then we help you find, we help those people find their next place. Where, where can we help you find your next uh, job or next yeah. experience? But that whole mindset, again, been a transformation. That's why the book, I mean, I just think, I just share a little bit about who I am and where I came from, but um, there's no pro- perfect plan out there. Not a self-help book. You got to find it yourself. Yeah. It took me years and years, but once you find it, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it, it really sounds like, you know, you've, you've dug deep, you've, you've got to the core of what you're about. And now you've, I mean, you're in the privileged position of being a leader, right? And you can have this impact across, you know, an entire company. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks once again, Brent, uh, for people who want to get the book, the book, it's a short read full of stories that all based in, you know, reality and your experiences, uh, you know, with Midwest Laboratories. So uh, that, 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 that's great as a business book. Um, yeah, leaders look within. Um, we'll put a link to that in the description. Um, anywhere else you'd, you'd send people uh, if they've been inspired by this conversation? Uh, Richard, they can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, under my name, Brett Pullman, or um, CEOofyourheart.com. You can go to that website. Right. I, I put post information about the, the book and some other things to help you find your own leadership style in your, uh, again, what's in your heart, basically by what's in your heart. And then that'll help you know what you, how you, how and why you want to lead. And by a whoop, what's it called? A whoop, a whoopee, a whoop, a whoop, the W-H-O-O-P. Yeah. A whoop. There you go. And by a whoop. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. This has been fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it, Brent. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Richard. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.